This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit candowealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. The Conservative Party chairman Nadim Zahawi was in the hot seat this morning and he spoke to Sophie Ridge about the high likelihood of more strikes taking place over winter. With industrial action threatening the NHS, schools, the fire service, postal workers and many more, Zahawi stressed that the government was looking at all options to try to keep the country's public services operating over a December of discontent. It's important for the government, it's the right and responsible thing to do, uh, to have contingency plans in place. And uh, we have a very strong team uh, at COBRA. And I was, when I was in the uh, uh, seat of the Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster, uh, we were doing a lot of the work uh, in uh, looking at what we need to do to minimise the disruption to people's lives. Whether you know, It's unfair if you're travelling at Christmas for, for you know, the border force or any other um, uh, uh, workforce to... Uh, really disrupt people's lives or livelihoods. Uh, Let's look at the specifics. Mm. Are you talking about the military being involved? Soldiers could be driving ambulances. So we're looking at the military, we're looking at a specialist response force, which we've actually uh, set up uh, a number of years ago, uh, a surge capacity to be able to deal uh, with, uh, in the unfortunate circumstance, if you do have, say, a a, a striker border force, uh, you've got to be able to uh, make sure that there is minimum disruption. The most so important thing is to secure... Could be, could be coming in, filling some of these roles. Of Correct. So that we have, we have, because we have to make sure our borders are always secure, and that uh, is something that we guarantee. And is it the same in the NHS And again, well? of course, uh, in, in things like um, you know, driving ambulances, um, other parts of the uh, public sector, uh, we've got to try and minimise uh, disruption. But the way you um, try and deal with this is if the unions can see that you're chasing inflation um, uh, uh, or above inflation pay deals is not the thing to do right now. This is the time to come together and to you know, send a very Just clear message to Mr Putin. Ridge also asked Zahawi to comment on the rising number of cases of strep A in young children. Six children under the age of 10 have died after developing the infection strep A. And I know this is something that so many families can be really concerned about. How worried should we be about it? Yes, and I think it's important to highlight that the UK Health Security Agency uh, have said that in most cases it will be mild, um, uh, cases of strep A, uh, but it is highly infectious, which is why I think the important message to get across this morning is parents should look out for the symptoms, so fever, headache, uh, skin rash, um, that sort of feeling of the skin being slightly uh, rough, um, really important to be... um, vigilant uh, because in the very rare circumstance that it becomes serious then you need urgent treatment obviously. The online safety bill returns to parliament this week. Laura Koonsberg challenged Zahawi over whether the bill was equipped to deal with the challenges it is intended to face up to. One of the concerns that many safety campaigners have about the bill is that actually the regulator will not define the kind of material that might come in a grey area, this idea of legal, legal but harmful And there are plenty of examples where actually it may not be clear if something is illegal or not. And by stopping short of giving those definitions, there's a concern 
that you've let the platforms off the hook. I don't believe that. This is a landmark bill. When I was Education Secretary, I hold in uh, the tech companies uh, with the Children's Commissioner. And by the way, the bill now embeds the Children's Commissioner and that protection for children, which is so important. I've got a young daughter, and uh, you know, I absolutely have no problem with her dealing with challenging issues online, but not damaging um, uh, issues and do you online. And do you let your daughter um, go on TikTok, on Snapchat, on those social media platforms? Well, she's, she's still 10, so uh, there, there are policies, of, of course, on those platforms that you know, children only at the age of 13. And I think it's important to make sure that the platforms, many of them have it in their T's and C's, but they're not really implementing it. They're not really effectively you know, walking the walk. Um, it's all there. Um, what we've got to do for both children and adults, I think, is make sure that things like self-harm images should be illegal. And that's how you deal with them. Um, but the right balance to strike is between that, you know, free speech and freedom of expression, as well as dealing with this. Many democracies, by the way, are looking to us mm -hmm. and this bill um, to, to follow our lead on this. So I'm very proud of what we're doing at the moment. And I think actually we've struck the right balance. Michelle Donner's got the right balance uh, now. And I think you, that will be reflected, I hope, in the debate and the discussion. Koonsberg asked the Shadow Education Secretary, Bridget Phillipson, for Labour's take. If Labour wins the election, would you restore this idea of content being taken down that is harmful, even if it's not illegal for adults? Would you put that back into the law? Yeah, yes, because if you look at what that is around, it's Rus Russian disinformation, it's misogynistic uh, organising online, the kind of so-called incel culture. Mm. There's a lot out there in that online space that I think goes beyond the impact on children and young people, but where there is a need, I think, to make sure that we're not allowing that kind of harmful, uh, hate-filled material to be spread because it, it then translates into what happens in our lives, uh, you know, face-to-face -face as well. What about end-to-end -end encryption, though? There are some concerns about giving the government and the regulator the power to see our private messages. I mean, would that be OK, in your view? I think there are always balances to strike in this area. And, of course, um, people have a right to privacy. But at the same time, I think we have seen instances... Uh, where it means that particularly in areas of national security, mm -hmm. uh, it hasn't been possible uh, for the government to act. So as in all of these cases, it's about making sure there's a balance and that there are kind of checks around this. But what we've got at the moment is just a wild west and it can't continue in its current form. I think it's a real worry uh, for parents and then does need to be action taken. Koonsberg also asked Philipson about the demands of teachers unions for their members to receive pay increases far above what the government was willing to contemplate. Are teachers right to hold out for a 12% pay increase? I think teachers are right to argue for a better deal in, in terms of pay, but also wider terms and conditions. When I speak to teachers across our country and school support staff too, who I think it's important to recognise, they tell me how demoralised they are, how they feel that they've been insulted and derided by the government during the pandemic, mm -hmm. when I think parents know how hard teachers are working and they want a better deal. Are they right to hold out for 12% or is the government right to say, no, you can have 5% in England, but no more than that because it's not affordable. They're right to argue around pay and they're right to make the case around terms and conditions. I do think it is both together. It's come together mm -hmm. uh, at the worst possible well, time. On, you've got 5% on, on one end and 12% on the other. Who, who's right here? The government doesn't want to budge. The unions don't want to budge. Would you give them 12%? No, the unions are desperate to sit down around the table and have a conversation with ministers around this who are refusing to discuss pay. If I were Education Secretary, I'd be sat around the table trying to get a compromise. In any negotiation... But where's the compromise yeah. then? 5%, 12%? Where's that compromise? You say you'd find a compromise... If it's it's, often, so, it's often somewhere in the middle, and that's why it's a process of negotiation. It's about pay. 
but it's also about terms and conditions. And what teachers tell me they feel is that they're demoralised, the government hasn't had their back, mm -hmm. and they want to know that there is hope for the future. And that's why we need more teachers in our classrooms too. They're under enormous pressure. And finally, the former Conservative leader Ian Duncan-Smith called for more to be done to tackle abuses of power carried out by China. Well, I'm deeply disappointed in my government over this particular area because, of course, you know, President, uh, the Prime Minister said during the summer that he thought uh, that China represented a systemic threat. And then recently he's shifted that to systemic challenge. The problem with challenge is it looks weak. Uh, and uh, we've now got a policy which sounds like it could have come from Sir Humphrey in Yes Minister, which is robust pragmatism. Now, if somebody can please tell me what robust pragmatism means, it means nothing. Robust, but also pragmatic, they cancel each other out. The reality we've got to do is we've got to change our integrated review to put China in as a systemic threat. The Americans are way ahead of us on this. Other countries in Europe are talking about it. We, the UK, could risk being left behind, dragging our feet. It, from that, everything flows from that about how we relate to China. What? That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. Mm -hmm.